Blog Talk Radio. Tuesdays, the human ascension within the tree of life. I am your host, Noble Ampool. And um, this is a platform for 10 Tuesdays. We've got, what, uh, eight more to go now. So for 10 Tuesdays straight, and I'm going to label each episode, we're going to discuss the principles of the Tao, yin-yang, cosmic forces of balance, basically, and the human ascension process within the Western tree of life, known as the uh, tree of life in Kabbalah. I'm going to show you how all universal principles are the same. They are universal principles, and we should be able to draw the parallels from, no matter what, from any doctrine, and be able to give it the same center point reference, which is your ultimate respect for God. It's real simple. All right. Of course, visit the website, myastrologycoach.com. There's our um, mother site. Um, go to the events tab. What we got coming up is the free Equinox. In fact, the registration deadline, final payment deadline is actually coming up next Monday, March the 8th. Everything will be final. We'll be in Florida. So you can um, 
join us in Florida uh, if you can. And we're going to do some skydiving on spring equinox. We're going to have a day of fun at Disney World. Uh, we'll be on the beach as well doing a nighttime um, meditation together. And the same thing for sunrise. Um, and we also will be doing a presentation that Friday. Um, we'll be dealing with the Intelligent Emotion Workshop and just showing you some cool technology that we have that will help you better understand the power of your thoughts and the power of your heart. All right. So you can do that at myastrologycoach.com. Go to the events tab. We are there, I believe, from we always the equinox is around March twenty first, twenty second, up in that area. Um so we're going to actually be in Orlando on Friday, March the twentieth. We do the workshop. Saturday we wake up, we go skydiving on the twenty first, Sunday we just really have a great time on the beach and go jet skiing and just relax and have fun. And we check out Monday the 23rd, all right? So, again, that's at myastrologycoach.com. Go to the events tab. For the summer solstice, if you can't make this equinox, then you can meet us there. If you got friends or family in Florida, if you can find a cheaper hotel, you just want to meet us there and just in, in, engage in the energy, please do so. Select the meet us there option. All right, so that's there on my astrology coach on the events tab for the summer solstice in June, um, June nineteenth. We will be in the San Francisco, Oakland area. Uh, we'll be doing another powerful workshop all day Saturday, the twentieth, which is June the twentieth. Um, we will spend a day out on the town on June twentieth, San Francisco, Oakland, and then we are going to travel up to the beautiful Mystic Mountain of Mount. Shasta. You've never been to Mount Shasta. Never even heard of Mount Shasta, like Rasta, Shasta. Google it, all right? Google it. And there's tons of stories about the, um, the the ancient Lumerian temple and the beautiful mountain and the energy that it gives off and all this uh, spiritual phenomenon that takes place in mysterious clouds that look like UFOs and circles and forms that's always over the mountain. It's supposed to be a doorway into inner earth, so it's just a very, very mysterious, mystical place. I have a personal experience with Mount Shasta. I just don't read it. I know it. I've been there at the base of the mountain. I've meditated in the woods, and I woke up out of a meditation crying for no reason, and I saw nothing but blinking lights all around me, pure prana energy, bliss. Even the ants that were on the log with me were in harmony, staring at me. It was just really um, not bizarre, but uniquely unique in its own experience. So we'll be at Mystical Mount Shasta for the summer solstice, all right? So you want to fly in to San Francisco or fly in to Oakland, either or, it doesn't matter. And um, we can see you in the summertime. It's going to be totally, totally off the chain because that place is really just a flat-out beautiful place, all right? Also, stay on the lookout. Mark your calendars for this. Planets in Harmony has a pre-release on iTunes on 420. Yes, the Smokers Day, 420. Coming out with a digital album on iTunes called Planets in Harmony. The official release date is May 19th, but we got a pre-release on 420. So mark your calendars on that audio CD. I am actually just talking about the planets and getting into more of the divine names of the planets and attributes of the planets that help you harmonize yourself with the planetary energy at hand, all right? So mark your calendars for 420 for the pre-release of Planets and Harmony, official release on iTunes. Also, go to myastrologycoach.com. Go to the membership tab. You see a host of things. Join the Full Moon Empowerment Club. We've got a full moon 
um, coming up not too um, in a couple of days. We get together via conference call. We collectively uh, say positive affirmations, and we just unite consciousness uh, with each other under the beautiful, beautiful light of the full moon. And uh, we just get together and, and help each other enhance our individual goals, which in return help everybody enhance our collective goals. All right. So the Full Moon Empowerment Club is there. It's only nine bucks a month. Phenomenal, phenomenal, great, excellent energy. The Astro Tarot Hour, of course, with myself and Keisha, uh, the Astro Tarot Network, to be exact. Where if you're looking for some real solid, I mean, great advice as far as energy that's coming up, and you just want to stay up on top of it. You need to be inside of the Astro Tarot Network because you will get forecast reports personalized for you, and you can just see the future before it actually unfolds. What's cooler than that? And speaking on the future, uh, shout out to Minister Jew, uh, my brother from another mother, as we say. Um, showed me that, uh, told me that Ti got shot at. Well, Ti was in the club, and they start shooting in the club, and. Um, uh, posted it on my Twitter back on January the 22nd. You can see it on um, my Twitter timeline. I told T.I., uh, you know, look out, man, from February the 8th to March 26th. If somebody got something to say or if it's going to be any kind of drama, it's going to pop off on you. And long and behold, about two days ago, T.I. was in the club, and he happened to be playing his song now. From what I understand, you had Puff was supposed to be there, Young Jeezy there, and two shots rang off. And I've seen the footage on Rolling Stone. You can go rollingstone.com and look at the footage. The shots went off when they were playing, if it ain't about money. So how is it that I told T.I. the drama was coming, and out of all the artists that was there, the shots happened to go off when his track is playing? You understand how this works? So we can see the future is my point in saying that. So the Astro Tarot Hour is where you want to be because you can get to see your future before it unfolds. And most importantly, you make your future that you want in your mind's eye unfold. Also on the website, visit Cassilda's Crystal Corner. If you like candles for the romance and the money and the love and relaxation, Cassilda's Crystal Corner is where it is, hands down. Uh, a lot of stuff over there right now is getting up off this dough fast, quickly, all right? But we got plenty. And um, if you just into the spiritual aspect of things, understand that your church lights candles called vigils. you got to really understand that science. What's, what's that all about? Um, the whole Underground Railroad had candles in the window, and you like a romantic candlelit dinner and a candle bath. Like, come on, get into it. Get into this elemental thing. Uh, Cathedral's Crystal Corner is just where it is. Like, I can't say enough. And the Bath and Body Products is Star Fusion. Um, the, the awesome, awesome, I'm talking about this is the best Bath and Body Product ever. So you'll see Star Fusions on the website. All right. And um, a lot of stuff, man. The Mystic Brain Workbook, if you want to know. And today we're going to get into it. Today I love this. This is probably going to be perhaps. I can gauge this. This is going to be one of my favorites right here. And this this, this 10-week outline I'm doing, week number two, this week here is definitely going to be juicy. All right? It's definitely going to be one of my favorites because we're dealing with the spirit of the moon. But you want to get that Mystic Brain Workbook because I'm going to show you why. I'm going to show you why you want to get the Mystic Brain Workbook because you want to know yourself. Don't tell me what's on your mind and you know yourself and you don't know how the brain works and the basic functions of it. Then, and then we can say, well, hey, if you don't know how the brain works, your own brain, 
Can you say you are in charge of your mind? Can you really say that? All right, it's just a question. All right, so let's do a recap from show one. Um, last week, I talked about the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the Holy Bible, right? And once you accept evil or bad into your psyche, you immediately have two opposing forces within you that are at war with each other. See, we have a tree of life, but the tree of life had no duality. It's not called the tree of life and death. It's just simply called one is the tree of life with no duality. The other one was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That one has a duality. So the priests were cleverly telling us that, hey, you get to death only by means of accepting good and evil. But before that, there was only the tree of life. And you have to understand this. Don't necessarily look at it as a physical tree. You can for symbolic purposes. But what it's really talking about is your state of consciousness. The tree right now, in one of its many symbols, the tree is really the neuron, a nerve cell that is in your brain that is responsible for communication, okay? That is your tree of life right now, okay? So you got the tree of life, and then you have one of duality. Once you get into this duality, boy is more superior than girl. Black is more superior than white. Up is more superior than down. You just fell for the okie doke, and you fragmented your consciousness and separated it. And think about this, because human brain, human beings are born with their left brain and right brain having two totally different functions. Okay, the human, the human being is really this weird creature in creation that's in the process of evolution. And it just so we just might have made a it's not necessarily a mistake, but um we may have took another path to get to a greater truth, and I'm explaining that philosophy a little bit later, because the right side of the brain controls the left side of the body and vice versa. The left side of the brain controls the right side of the body, and it's like this crisscross scenario. Now, I, that could be beautiful because it's really about balance. So the left side control my right side, the left side of my brain control the right side of my body. Well, that's all about this divine balance that's taking place because the left side is said to be your feminine side anyway, and the right side of your body is your masculine side. So when you think feminine, then you're actually, you're actually doing masculine things on the physical component and vice versa. When you're in your mind mentally on the female, on the, on the masculine side, right side, you're actually moving on the physical plane, the feminine side. So it's about this divine balance that's taking place, okay? But it's a possible crisscross. Now, when I say that, because when you look at the process of wisdom teeth, what is the wisdom in wisdom teeth? They hurt. You have to get them poured out. Your mouth is swollen. They grow in sideways, which is called impactic for some people, right? What's the purpose? And teeth are connected to cranial nerves, okay, which now has a link to your brain. So obviously there is the human being is in the process of, of learning how to grow these teeth. That's the wisdom. The wisdom is not in the pain. The wisdom is inside of you understanding what is it that your brain is trying to do. In other words, you're trying to have more teeth, 
and you're trying to have more nerves become activated in your brain. You're in the process of evolution. Your brain is in the process of growing. You may be about to develop another part of the brain on top of your forehead, okay? You're in this process of evolution right now, and that's what we have to understand is universal consciousness from science and what we call the God force of the spirit inside of you is seeking to have a conscious experience, and we need to become aware of that spirit force inside of us, all right? So also, for week one, we need to understand three principles real fast. We need to understand judgment, the universe, and the moon. Why do you say that? Well, because on the tree of life, we understand that there are pathways, these cosmic tunnels that connect one planet to another planet. Look at this as distance from one planet to the next planet, and we can call this a uh, like a pathway, it's a super freeway. So, for example, we have Venus in front of the Earth, and it is in its orbit around the sun. Right now at nighttime, as soon as it gets dark, as soon as it gets dark, you're going to see a big, bright star on the western horizon in the western sky, right? Well, that's Mars. I mean, I'm sorry, that's Venus. And then you see a little red star right there, a little faint red star. That's Mars. Mars and Venus are very close right now. But the bright, bright, bright one is Venus, okay? So it's not a star. It's actually a planet. Boy, don't we live in a very weird place. Now, the distance on average from Venus to the Earth is approximately 26 million miles away. Now, just look at this as a pathway. That's what a path is. Well, what happened in the Tree of Life was they understood that the distance from one planet to another planet uh, represents an energetic force, right? And the planet just serves as two poles, and the energy that sits between them is the bridge that connects you to these two poles. It's the pathway. Now, these pathways, there's three pathways that connect primarily to the Earth, and they put tarot cards on it just to understand the attribute of the pathway. You understand? And judgment is one. The universe is one, and the moon is one. Now, when you're on Earth, you are in the biggest melting pot in the solar system because everything goes in your reality. You see some of the strangest things here. You see um, the electric eel, who is uh, uh, um, um, Mr. Jew's favorite in the sense that this thing is lives in water, but it can generate electricity, but yet we're taught that electricity and water don't mix, but this thing don't die. It can actually send out a shockwave which is an oxymoron to modern physics, right? You have the beautiful butterfly who goes through this transformational process. Ooh, I got some good, good, good information on this butterfly. And um, you got the what we call the Medusa jellyfish. If you injure it, it will go to the bottom of the ocean, and it will turn back into a baby, and then it will go. All right, so hopefully y'all can hear me. I gotta, I gotta be real, real clever here. Give me a second. I'm, a, I'm gonna do a mic check. Uh, caller from the two four zero three six zero, three four zero three six zero. Can you hear me? Caller from the three four zero. I'm sorry, two four zero. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. You can hear me. All right, hold on. I'm gonna say something about a planet. I'm gonna mute your line. I want to make sure you can hear me. That way, I know the whole radio show can hear me. So give me one second. All right. So I was talking about the moon, and I was talking about the jellyfish. So give me one second because I gotta do a, a little trick on the back end because they won't let me back in on the host line. So um, let me see. Let me go back to that caller. Uh, this is very weird. Now the caller line. I want to open. 
Caller from the 240, did you hear me? Yes, I heard you. So what did I say? You were saying that you're going to do a check about, you are talking about the mountains and the stuff like that, and that you needed to do a check. Okay, okay, great. Okay, great. Thank you much. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Um, all right, see, that's weird. So I don't know what happened. My host call won't even let me call back in on the regular host, so I had to call in as a guest and then open up the mic as a guest. You see what I'm saying? That way y'all be able to hear me live because they won't let me call back in. So anyway, we're talking about the jellyfish. The jellyfish, um, and the Medusa jellyfish has this ability to be able to uh, regenerate itself, and there was a scientist off the coast of Japan who actually took an adult jellyfish and made it go back to an infant on 12 different occasions. So in our reality, my point is on Earth, we are in a melting pot where every there's a very, what we would call, strange phenomenon. But the truth of the matter is it's very beautiful. It shows you um, the beauty of God from the lightning bug, being able to generate light to the jellyfish, to the electric eel, to the butterfly from a caterpillar. To, like, there are some pretty spectacular things that are alive in this reality. So there's a lot of things that we see. So this is the melting pot. This is the ultimate alchemical process on Earth. And the pathways that connect the path to the earth, um, these paths to the earth, we need to understand judgment. We're going to talk a little bit about today about the judgment aspect of things, of learning how to implement correct judgment of yourself. We need to understand universal energy, which this whole show is predicated upon, so that's going to be easy. And then on the earth, they say they want you to understand the moon because there's a path that connects um, sphere number what is that sphere number eight to the earth, and they call that the moon. And today we're talking about the moon. So we need to understand the universal energy, we need to understand judgment, and we need to understand the moon, okay? And, and I'm going to do a show recap, maybe like a week 11 on all, of this, on all of this information just to bring it on home, all right? So anyway, week one was all about that it is all good which goes back to creation within the six days because everything God created, he saw that it was what? It was good, okay? So we don't want to have a fragmented consciousness of good and bad. Now, this viewpoint should raise a very logical question. And notice that when we use the term logic, we're really using a left brain function which fails to see the spiritual holistic side of life like the right brain does. So the question that we're going to raise is, well, if something bad happens to me, should I view this as good? I'm going to say yes. Well, in the Tao, we actually call this finding unity within contradiction. I'm going to say it again. In the Tao, we say finding unity in contradiction. Okay? Now, this does not mean that you should not defend something or someone that you love. Now, here go to logic again. This is what logic says. Well, if it's all good, then why should I have to defend something? And you should just, since everything is good, then you should let a pervert touch your children. Let's go to the extreme, right? No, you shouldn't. And I'm going to tell you why. Because although our personal morals and our society morals, which are really opinions of the majority, no one deserves to have their freedom of choice taken away. In many conversations that I have with Minister Jew, who is the urban mystic on the project that we're working on, and I said I'm going to stop talking about projects until they have a release date, and you would know, so I'm not going to say, but Minister Jew is the urban mystic. Um, I remember him saying, he said, Noble, 
The only crime or the only wrong is when you take away someone's ability to make a choice. I was pondering on this. Wow, you're right. So when a person tries to enforce their will over yours, okay, the situation is still good. It's just not good for you. You understand? And what you seek to experience. See, in other words, what I'm saying is the perpetrator, his or her, Action to them is good. That's why they're doing it. They see it fit for whatever reason to serve for whatever how diabolical it may look. For whatever reason, they made up their mind to do something which they think is going to bring about some type of good result for them. So in their mind is good. To see in our limited thinking, we can see it as bad, and we shouldn't. We should see it as a good thing to show us that in which we do not wish to experience. That's totally different from saying, ah, that's bad, and when that's bad and, and, and an event happens to you, we become stressed out over it, and we shouldn't look at it like that. We should welcome the opportunity and say, nah, that's good, because it's a good thing that I don't want to have to experience. See, stop thinking that since everything is good, you want to have it because it's good. You can't have everything that's good. You understand what I'm saying? Some things are good, and they're not good for you, although they're good. You gotta understand that. See, you are the coin. You are the head and the tail on the coin. You are the coin. The trick is to make you think there. There's two different sides of one coin. Okay, it's only one coin. You are that coin. All right. See, in the Western world and in the world in general, we set our children um, and ourselves up for failure because of this concept of right and wrong. Now, there's no such thing as wrong in my philosophy. Whatever wrong is, you honestly thought it was uh, a correct thing to do, okay? You honestly thought it to be correct in the moment of making the choice. See, wrong is the correct way of showing you another answer, which we call what? The correct answer. So maybe in the new education paradigm, right, maybe we need to place an emphasis on what we call wrong answer. Maybe we need to develop maybe a mini point system. And those with lower points, let's just say we got multiple choice and then, you know, we got lower points for the so-called correct. If it's not the so-called correct answer, then we get lower points. Maybe we need to put a, a point system on that which we consider wrong um, um, because this will express a different mode of thinking. You understand what I'm saying? So what I'm, what I'm saying is that when you look at the multiple choice answers that are not the correct answers, but you give credence to that choice, okay, that the person made, because in essence, the child or the person is actually making a choice to express a different mode of thinking to arrive at the conclusion that we call the right answer. You follow me? So maybe we need to look into, uh, we you know, maybe we definitely need to because, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the United States is not a, um, it's not necessarily a happy place. When I, when I say that, when I, I when I say that, I mean as the general rule of society that the government ensures the happiness. You understand? See, see, the Constitution says you can pursue happiness, but that doesn't guarantee you will arrive at happiness. you got the right to pursue it. It's totally your choice, and I get that. So my point is, in the educational system, we place this emphasis, and in our experiences, we place this emphasis on right and wrong, and there's no such thing. Okay? So some excellent material, alternative source as a side note, because it made me write this down. 
we should look into Waldorf schooling. Um, just look at the format and draw some ideas off of that because it's a little old school, but it's very right brain orientated and holistic to balance out the um, hemispheres of the brain and education. Over here in the West, what we do is sit down and look how fragmented we are and wonder why we got a nation of crazy people. Look how fragmented we are. Bell rings. I'll wake you up. Bing, 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 right? You go learn English. The bell rings, interrupts you. Then you go learn math, a totally different concept. Bell rings. Then you may go to music class, totally different brain. Bell rings, you go learn science. You understand what I'm saying? And that is not how you properly educate people. You got about all these different periods, all these different subject matters, you're being fragmented. You understand? So what you need to do is you need to consistently, maybe even if you work with these subjects consistently, you work with them within a day. You understand? So today, we say today is Tuesday. So today, I know cosmically it was with Mars. So today is about a physical workout, ladies and gentlemen. Today is like about physical education. Today is I want you to exuberate some of that yang energy of yours. So let's just call it this is a good physical ed, um, physical thing, good day for a field trip as well. You know, get out and exert your physical energy. And then Wednesday, since it's Mercury, tomorrow we deal with the mind. Well, let's sharp up on language and linguistics all day long. That way you can totally grasp the concept in a day versus trying to get it in 45 minutes. You understand what I'm saying? Before your mind is taken somewhere else. The total concept of how we educate children is totally bizarre. And, again, we wonder why we got a nation of crazy folks. All right? Anyway, let's move on. Let's get into it. So, uh, and that's Waldorf, W-A-L-D-O-R-F, Waldorf Schools, okay? Now, we're going to move into spirit number nine called Yesit on the Tree of Life. Corresponds to the moon. The moon in Hebrew is Lavana. Okay, now the moon represents the major yin cycle in our reality as the moon has a gravitational pull on all of the waters on the earth, including that 70% on average of human water that we are made of. Yeah, follow me. Okay, now the moon is perhaps one of the best cosmic markers we have, and I say one of, not the, but one of the best cosmic markers we have because we can successfully chart a woman's menstrual cycle based on the moon. Okay? Very true. Now, there's also case studies in medical and psychological journals called the Transylvania Effect. I want you to write that down because I want you to research it. The Transylvania Effect and also is known as the Lunar Effect. And it talks about the increase in crime and hospital visits during the full moon. This is a known phenomenon that has been noted in one of the psychological medical journals. They notice an increase in activity during the full moon, the same moon that that wolf get out there and starts howling at. Yes, that one right there. There is an inter intricate relationship with the cosmos and the human psyche and all life, to be honest with you. Right, and see that amazes me because everybody eats food, especially vegetarians. Right, but when you definitely go veggie, you are you are living based off the knowledge of a farmer who has an almanac. Do you know that this year's almanac that came out, well, it came out last year, 2014, but the almanac said that in 2015, the Northeast and the Midwest region, Chicago and that nature, will get more than average snow this year in the Colorado area who gets normal snow, they would have less than average for the year. 
and it stands to be true. So we are, we survive, literally, because if you eat food, and you do, uh, you survive off the knowledge of a farmer who knows when to plant and who knows when to harvest. And he uses that based off of a lunar solar cycle, okay? And when you get a farmer almanac, they just don't talk about the sun and the moon. They give you all of the planets and where they're moving into different zodiac signs. Why is that important? It has something to do with the gravitational pull of energy on food, Okay. So you're ingesting cosmic rays of light anyway, and somebody's knowledge of the cosmic rays of light is feeding us, all right? So the moon. In astrology, we know deals with our emotions and things and people that we protect and nurture. That's what the moon represents. The position of the moon during your birth tells us about your psychology especially of how a man sees a woman, how women see other women, or how women see you. And it also gives us some insight about our mothers. I'll say it again. The position of the moon when you were born in the constellation, it stays as well, okay, tells us how we choose to protect and nurture people. It also tells us about the psychology of how a man sees a woman, how women see other women, and it offers us insight into the relationship with our mothers. Emotions are past memories, either from experience, or perception that produce feelings, and these feelings are either happy or not so happy feelings. So emotions are past memories, either from an experience, either you saw something, somebody physically touched you, you smelled something, you taste something, you heard something, that's an experience. Or your emotions can come from your perception, and we're going to talk about this. Talk about that. And the emotion in return produces a feeling, and the feeling we just going to classify as simply as good or bad. Okay. So experience is common, but what about perception? See, this is when you see the, the famous YouTube video of. Um, I use this as an example because it popped up. Your um, little black girl. Uh, and she has has to pick between the pretty doll baby and the ugly doll baby, and there's a white doll baby and a black doll baby, and for some reason she thinks the white doll baby is prettier than the black baby doll, and we can say that the little girl, based off her age and the time frame that we in, um, has not had any physical experience with racism, but based on what we can view, all right, what we view within some sort of multicultural relations, she mirrors what she sees and or hears, not including the perceptions and experience of the parents, all right? Because the emotional experience of the parent could be passed through DNA. So in other words, we can drop the emotions of our parents. You see what I'm saying? So what happens when we 
developing emotion based off something we have absolutely no experience with, which is shaping our perception. So usually what happens is there's something in the brain called mirror neurons that when used, um, one of the best examples I heard is with um, the terrible two stage. In the terrible two stage, you know, it's no, no, no. But at one, in the, from zero to one, you know, the baby was so cute and look at you, but then when the baby gets one and try to figure out some things and touching things and throwing, breaking things, and like, no, don't touch that, no, don't touch that, it becomes no, no, no. As the baby starts to explore, then at two years old when the baby is talking, then you, the baby, you telling the baby to do something, the baby saying no, no, because that's all it heard when it was one because it was trying to figure out, you know, with, with this in the environment. You understand what I'm saying? So it's something called mirror neurons, all right? So your brain has a way of mirroring that which it sees. So in other words, they fig- scientists figured this out when they were studying monkeys, monkey see, monkey do. When they were studying monkeys, um, they, let's just say they have some, like, electro, some electrical devices on a monkey. You come in, you ring a bell, and you feed the monkey food, and then the monkey starts to generate a feeling. So you're happy feeling because it's knows it's about to eat. Well, the baby, they, one of the baby monkeys started mirroring the behavior of the mother and knew how to get the food without it actually being trained on how to get the food. It's called a mirror neuron, monkey see, monkey do, okay? So it's something that we have. So we can start to develop uh, our perceptions, get developed based off of someone else's, based off what we see in our environment. In other words, if I um, um, see that I'm father, you know, was into, um, and this is a true story, <laughs> he was into Jet Magazine back in the day, he'd take the, the beauty of the week, and he'd grade them, you know, he just had this admiration for female beauty and whatnot, and it was something later that, you know, I, I started mirroring that, I didn't grade them, um, but there was a point in my life where I was in the adult entertainment industry, in a sense, as a producer, you understand what I'm saying? Because it was a certain element of sex. Now, I know that sounds curious. Like, what the heck did this guy? Well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give it to you straight because it's real talk radio and I don't mind sharing with you. we got to be real, right? So my thing was, um, and we talk about this in the book that we have coming out, where a question was asked, has pornography damaged, um, um, has, has pornography in, to a degree degraded the spiritual value and essence of sex? is the question. Well, I part of my answer talked about my experience of what I saw in the adult entertainment industry of watching, you know, looking at porn, was that it did not cater to the female orgasm, okay? So we were, we, and this has got everything to do with the moon because, see, in a tree of life, the moon governs our sexual reproduction areas because it deals with fluid. And all fluids, all liquids is under the dominion of the moon because the moon has a gravitational pull in its affinity with all things that are liquid on the planet Earth. So it's related, okay? So there was a lack of orgasm inside, a female orgasm inside of porn and just catered to the man. Well, in Western education, we wasn't even taught that a woman could have an orgasm because we thought that orgasm simply meant ejaculation. The end product of ejaculation means that you're pregnant. So why would a woman be able to have the ability to have an orgasm? It, it made no sense. You understand what I'm saying? So that's something that as boys, and we don't really get educated about that process until we become teenagers, you know, at best. 
So you got you got this whole perception for a degree, and probably some grown men don't even know it. You know what I mean? You go through this whole psychological thing not knowing that a woman can actually have an orgasm. All right? So how do you get that out there? So anyway, so I mirrored something that I saw that my father does, and that, you know, and children do what you do in a house. That becomes habits and things of that nature, okay? So um, where are we at here? All right. Um, so humans have a bad tendency of doing this, and this is another way of how you know um, 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 how we will engage in what I call negative emotions, and this is the bad habit. One person will call another person and say, man, you know such and such, that nasty B did this and that was effed up, and the person listening to be like, I can't believe that B did that. She ain't no good. He ain't no good. And the person who is listening, who is now responding, doesn't even have firsthand information, all right? To the, to the, they're not even a party within the experience, but yet they are developing their own emotions and developing their own feelings about a situation. And that is so crazy. So when you have low emotional intelligence, that's what we call that, low emotional intelligence, you start to cast your opinions about someone, about a situation that you yourself was not privy of and you lack the personal knowledge of the facts therein, but yet you feel some type of way. So here's the key. The key is this. You have to be able to identify what are emotions and where do they come from, and to curb and ultimately stop yourself from reacting and engaging in negative emotional behaviors. So the gossiping, the uh, reliving the past emotional pain, the watching and listening to things that reinforce your past negative emotional experience, such as the sad love song, watching cheaters on the Internet, things of that nature that reinforce a past experience that, you're, that, that is rooted in your pain, all right? See, in medical astrology, um, the moon rules the stomach, it rules the breast, it rules the digestive system, um, reproductive system, but it also rules the lymph, all right? The lymph, which is a clear fluid in the body that returns towards the heart. Now, this is what we absolutely have to know. We have to know this and analyze this about ourselves. We have a cranial pump in our brain at the bottom of our head, which is at the top of the neck, the cerebellum, right? We have a heart, which is a pump that pumps blood, okay? But humans have no return pump. The blood and the lymph, the liquid that's under the dominion of the moon that goes to the furthest ends of our body, throughout our arms, going to our fingertips, all the way down to our toes, that system of return, okay, that system of return, the veins, veins mean these are pathways that the blood takes back to the heart. Arteries are pathways in which blood flows away from the heart, A for away, artery, go away, okay? Vein means come back into, okay? Humans have no return pump, ladies and gentlemen, so the blood and lymph that goes to the furthest end of the body have no pump that amplifies its return back towards the heart so circulation can start all over again. And this is what majority of people have issues at, okay? So this is why in diabetes people and patients, they lose their feet because the feet is the absolute furthest thing from the heart. You understand what I'm saying? Because we have no return pump that can thrust the energy, the blood, the chi, the lymph back up to the system. So this takes a slower route. Now, not only this, 
it is also fighting against gravity because it is trying to go up on top of not having a pump to propel it. So our return system, you understand, our return system needs help, and that's where the Qigong and the Tai Chi comes in at. All right? So in our system, what you're going to see in the third and fourth quarter of this year, towards the end of the year, we're creating a new course called the Cosmic Dow. The moon rules your limpid brain in our system. Okay? Not only does it rule the liquid, it rules a certain area of your brain called the limbic brain, L-I-M-B-I-C, the limbic brain. This is the area of the brain that holds memory. It classifies your emotions as good and bad, and it produces various chemicals called hormones and neuropeptides. That's a fact. So what determines good and bad classification? Here's the answer. The answer is your perception. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your perception. There is not one brain part in your body that is solely responsible for your perception. Now, your perception can be generated from past memories and experiences, but it is your emotional intelligence that you must consciously tell your amygdala, which I call the Amy G. Dollar, because it's spelled A-M-Y, Amy G., D-A-L-A, I call it the Amy G. Dollar, but it's called the amygdala. You must consciously tell your amygdala how to label your experience because the amygdala is responsible for fight or flight, meaning when it sees a situation that it don't like, it's okay, I'm about to fight and rumble so I can survive, or I'm about to get up out of here because there's a lion coming and I don't feel like fighting a lion, I got to go, Okay. So your your amygdala is responsible for the fight or flight system, and it tells your brain if the experience is good or bad. However, I am telling you that that the amygdala is neutral. It just has the ability to say, you know what, the master operator called you said or perceived it to be bad, and it's my job to do what you said. You said it's bad. I'm going to label this as bad. So it takes the incoming information, called an event, you perceive it as good or bad, the amygdala itself says, listen, I'm just going to do what you told me to do. So this is the part of the brain that's a chemical factory. Sleep is induced here by the pineal gland. Like I said, your memory is here and all sorts of chemicals are here. So when a person has a chemical dependency or you need to take something to make you more alert, coffee, donuts, sugar, Caffeine, this is your limbic brain, also known as your midbrain that's in the middle, okay? And see, I told you, this is why you want to get the Mystic Brain Workbook, because you have to gain control of this sphere within your mind. If you don't, this is what the battle is. The battle is your emotional self. Look at, look at it like this. There's three brains, right? There are three brains. The first brain to develop is the brain that sits on top of your neck, the cerebellum, Okay? where the brainstem connects to the cerebellum. you got something called pons in there. This is where the automatic functions take place, sleep, respiratory rate, temperature rate, things of that nature, okay? So automatic programs run there. They call this the reptilian brain because it looks like that. So there go your serpent. The low-level serpent is right here where the automatic functions are, okay? Then you move up into the midbrain, which is the second brain, the second one to develop, which is your emotions, some automatic functions are here, your memory is here, and chemicals get released from this part of the brain. That's the midbrain. The third brain or the latest brain to develop we call the neocortex, neo in the matrix, your frontal lobe, your thinking self that says, my name is Tiffany, my name is Paul, I got on the color blue, this is right, this is wrong, your ability to make conscious decisions, okay? 
So you have to gain control of your midbrain. That's where the battle is. It's right there. All right? So I'm going to walk you through the process of what happens on a day-to-day basis because research shows that over 90% of the thoughts we think today, we thought about them yesterday, and we thought about them the day before. We are walking and thinking the same single thoughts every single day, majority of the time, okay? So this is what happens. Incoming information called an event. Your boyfriend cheated on you. Your mama cheating on your daddy, whatever. Incoming information called an event stimulates your senses. You heard something, somebody touched you inappropriately, they said something you don't like, you see something you don't like, you taste something you didn't like, whatever. Your senses become stimulated. Let's call it the event. Now, there's something in your brain called the thalamus gland, okay? The thalamus gland scans this information, okay? It scans the information faster than the speed of light so it can know where to tell the information to go. In other words, here comes an event. The brain is scanning the information to tell it, I need to put this information somewhere in my brain, okay? This is technically the all-seeing eye in Egypt, the eye of Horus, the eye of Ra, also called the eye of Wajet, it's talking about the thalamus gland. If you Google image thalamus gland, you will see that it is the whole that portion of the brain with the corpus callosum and everything. That portion of the brain looks identical to the all-seeing eye of Horus. Okay, and we're talking about the eye on your head and in, in, in the eye, you know, on your face. It's not talking about that. It's talking about a portion in your brain that's responsible for receiving information as if it is an eye, and it is. It's the thalamus gland. So today what you're going to write down is the thalamus gland is responsible for scanning all incoming data, okay? Now, step number three is the gland that's responsible for memory, the hippocampus, searches its database to see if you have any record of the incoming information. Remember, we're going to get to emotions. This is what we're talking about, okay? So let's just say, um, uh, and I use cheat because cheat is a is, is just a good phenomenon. A lot of us experienced it before, right? So you see some behavior um, that mirrors somebody, you know, uh, past experience that you had or experience that your girlfriend or or your or your homie had. You know what I'm saying? So um, the, now the thalamus is scanning the information. The hippocampus says, "Okay, let me search my memory bank. Let me search the memory bank for any incoming information to, to see if I have a record of this." All right, because I want to see if we have a record of it. This is how this is how much God loves you. This is how smart we are. The brain says, if I have a record of this experience, then this will tell me how I dealt with it in the past. In this way, it will ensure my survival. You see, so therefore, memory ensures survival. Write that down. Memory ensures your survival. That's the whole purpose of memory. It's the whole purpose for you to have an experience so it can be recorded. So, therefore, if it happens again and you hear the lion or you hear something, you know how you got out of that situation and you wouldn't enact that particular principle because it saved your life the last time if you heeded the lesson. <laughs> okay? So, the hippocampus is scanning to look for a physical record of the experience. At the same time, that the hippocampus is is looking for a physical um, record, what's actually taking place is 
the hippocampus communicates to the amygdala and says, hey, listen, I need you to search the file cabinets called good, and I need you to search the file cabinets called bad because I'm looking for this experience. Okay, so the amygdala takes this order from the hippocampus. So imagine you just walk into an office, good morning, can I, how can I help you? Yes, I had this event. The thalamus gland told me to come here. Okay, well, you're in the right spot. So the thalamus gland is, 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 the, is the what I call the traffic cop officer in traffic waving everybody and telling them where to go. It's the information center, okay? So they ain't told you to go. You need to go upstairs to the hippocampus office to see if you have anything on record. You get to the hippocampus. The hippocampus is at the front counter. How may I help you? Yes, I'm looking for this record because I think that my current person is that I'm being that I love is cheating on me. So I say, okay, well, let me look for a physical record. And the hippocampus says, amygdala, I need you to look in the file cabinets good and file cabinets bad to look for a cheating experience with Susie right here. So the amygdala starts scanning the information as well, okay? Now, what starts to happen is, once the record is found, and let's say for sake of argument, it is found, okay, that you had this experience, communication is then sent to another part of the brain called the hypothalamus. Hypo meaning inner or under. It actually means the inner chamber. Now, see, the pyramids in Egypt, and Prime Minister Du talked about this, the pyramids in Egypt wasn't necessarily primarily built for the stars. That's one aspect. That's called the outer mysteries. The inner mysteries is there's something in your brain called pyramidal cells. Write that down and look that up. These are cells that look like pyramids. And there's also something in there called astrocytes as well, look like stars, okay? So something, you know, that's, that's interesting. But the inner chamber known as the queen's chamber, okay, the queen's chamber is in the pyramid, but it's actually talking about the function of your brain. Therefore, when certain people see the pyramid, it is a replica of the human brain that will totally activate yourself. It will give you full awareness and supreme consciousness once you even see it and become infatuated with it. Now, if you see it and you don't look at it as a wonder, and you have, it just didn't work for you. You understand what I'm saying? But I know majority of people here see it as a wonder. Trust me, get the Mystic Brain Workbook. It's talked about, all right? So anyway, the hypothalamus gets involved and says, um, okay, I need to go find a chemical record. So the amygdala in the, high, in, in the hippocampus is just looking for a physical record of the event. But every time you have a physical event, there's a chemical record that's being applied to it because nine times out of ten, what happened in the physical event? You started to feel, which is the moon, you started to feel a certain type of way. You understand? So since you started to feel a certain type of way, feelings was involved. I mean, chemicals got involved. The chemicals got involved from the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus looks for the chemical information, pulls up the chemical record to match with the amygdala and the hippocampus now, and then the hypothalamus says, okay, well, I need to communicate to my clerk because the hypothalamus got somebody that it rolls with and works with too, and it's called the pituitary gland, okay? So write that down. So you got the hypothalamus whose job is to produce chemicals. It communicates chemical information to the pituitary gland, and the pituitary gland is known as what? The master 
gland. Okay, well, anciently, if it's known as a master gland, then what region of your brain do you need to master to become a master? This region right here, the spirit of Levana, the spirit of the moon, your emotions and your ability to secrete the right kind of chemicals at the right time into your bloodstream is what you must master. Okay? Now, the pituitary gland, which is the master gland, receives its chemical information from the hypothalamus, and then of your kidneys. They take this information from the thyroid, and guess what they do? They remix the information, and then they make a new chemical, meaning adrenaline, called adrenal, right? Make adrenaline get you hyped up, ramped up, those stress chemicals, get you pumped up, get the muscles contracting, get you ready to go, okay, to survive, okay? And they dump these chemicals into your kidneys. And you wonder why the kidneys go first. Interesting because kidneys is ruled by Libra, Libra's relationships is balanced, and the kidneys go first because the adrenal glands, which are basically the glands that secrete and take in stress hormones, sits directly on top of your kidneys. Your kidneys, pound for pound, and the Chinese would say pound for pound as far as vitality, as far as their job is by far um, the most powerful organs in the body. In fact, we're actually taught in the Tao that everybody is born with pre-heaven chi, meaning you have this divine essence of energy that comes from heaven, and it is passed to you through your kidneys, okay? Very important to understand. And I know it's true because... Um, 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 in this work, this energy work that I've been doing and really contemplating on it, I started, I actually activated my right kidney. I actually could feel it throbbing and pulsating and everything. I had to get a massage yesterday, and it finally went away and said, okay, she got it. So when you start to become conscious of these body parts, you will, start to be, you, you will be able to feel them, and they start to communicate back with you. That's something that we teach in the Cosmic Dow that's going to be also in our Cosmo Sutra course that's going to release on 11.11. You have to learn the basic aspect of the inner smile technique of learning to locate vital organs in your body and learn how to communicate with these organs by sending love to them. You want to smile and look at everybody else, look good for them because they like, 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 I'm going to show you how ungrateful we are, right? We kind of people that... You know, we got we got deliver who will sit there and take food, man, and, and, and take out all the toxins and purify it and everything, and then it, it releases this 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 chemical aftermath from breaking down things um, called bile, and the bile go into the gallbladder, the gallbladder to sit there and hold this bile and, and eventually dump it into the small intestine, which then you go through the process of having to go boo boo and use the bathroom. Okay, the kidneys start working with the start working with the water in your system and the blood and start the purifying process. The spleen doing the same thing almost, um, but keeping your red blood cells popping and, and everything clean. And the lungs are perhaps the most underrated organs out of all. Without no lungs, there's no life. It is the lungs who actually is the alchemical masters. The, the, the lungs, which is ruled by Mercury, Gemini, the magician. The lungs do something magical. They take low oxygen blood and remix it and somehow make the blood becomes rich in oxygen again and gives it to the heart so it can flow throughout the body. And nobody's talking about the lungs. Well, we're the kind of people that these processes happen automatically. We don't have to consciously think about, hey, lung, do this. Hey, heart, beat now. Okay, don't beat. Pause. Beat again. Pause. Tell your mitral, uh, what do they call it? The, the They call it the... Um, uh, you got a valve in your heart, about three valves in there. 
So one of your valves goes from one chamber on the top, and then it enters and goes through the other chamber, the mitral valve, all right? So we don't tell the valve to open and close, do we? You don't even think about that process. And it's an organ, it's a lie that has a function, it does a job. So that's equivalent to somebody feeding you because your body tells you when you're hungry, tell you when you're thirsty, tell you when you need to use the bathroom. That's like somebody taking care of you, all expenses, all expenses paid for, and when you come in the building and see that person, you never speak to that person and you never give thanks to that person. How do you think your body feels? How do you think your organs feel? That's, it's, it's really it's disrespectful if you do it physically. So act like and please know that it's really disrespectful when we do it internally to ourselves when we don't recognize and respect the function that, is, that they are giving us because they can choose to stop. And you can't control, you can tell it to come back online if it's not too late. But by that particular point, <laughs> you have to be exercising love then for it to come online if it's going to come back for you. All right, and the last step, uh, when the event has passed, the event is now over, you're stressed out, because now remember, in this chemical loop, you found the record, okay? You found the physical experience. We now got a chemical experience with it. What happens is when the event has passed and a person say they stressed out or a person got chronic depression or a person has chronic anxiety, you know what that means? It means that the person is mentally reliving and reenacting a past event which is generating the same chemical. So this time what's happening is the energy is going all the way down like we just showed. The adrenal glands take this information and it dumps it back out to the bloodstream. Remember, what goes up must come down. What goes around comes right back around, right? Or what goes around comes around in the system. So therefore, it circles right back on up to the to the brain. And then you wonder where you get these thoughts from out of the blue because, see, this is the thing. I always say this. Nobody wakes up and say, I want to be stressed out today. I don't want to be happy. Consciously, you say, I want to be happy, but I just can't do it. But what is that thought that pops up out of the blue? Where did it come from? I'll tell you what it came from. It came from you reliving the past, and what happens is that chemical is in the bloodstream, and it comes back up to the brain, and it gets processed again, and the brain recognizes and says, oh, I know you. You're the stress chemical. You're the one that got cheated on. Okay, so since you got cheated on, then you start thinking about that whole process all over again, and it becomes this continuous loop. But guess what? We're going to talk about how to break the loop, all right, because this is the first fear of ascension on the tree because you're at Malkuth, you're on the earth, and the path immediately in front of you, the planet immediately in front of you, when we look at the diagram of the tree of life in Kabbalah, is the moon. That means you have to learn how to grasp the emotional plane where the pituitary gland is, which is known as what? The master gland and master thyself, okay? So the chemical loop is nothing more than emotions. Emotion is nothing more than energy in motion. So in this first sphere of ascension, there are no negative emotions. See, you got to change your perception. There are no negative emotions. And I know that's hard to grasp. See, there is only God in the world. What we call there is only the Tao. There's only your path. There is only God that exists. I don't see a devil. I see something that God created. So, therefore, I see God within that because for me not to recognize what God created is for me to not recognize God. 
I see God in everything. I'm telling you, I seen God face to face the other day, driving down the street, and I saw snow melting on the asphalt in the middle of the street, and it was steaming going through the evaporation process, going back up, what looks like going back up into heaven. And I said, wow, there go God. And I'll tell you why. There's a special grid that we created dealing with the elements that you'll get in the Cosmo Dow. And it talks about the four elements of fire, air, earth, and water. And what happens is when these elements, when the elements um, meet each other, that produces a condition. So there's four elements. When air meets fire, air meets fire produces a condition. A condition is called hot. When you take um, fire towards water, when fire goes to water, what happens? It becomes moisture because that fire can actually turn water into steam. And even if you pour water on fire and the fire go out, you're still going to see and you're going to hear see steam as well. So it creates moisture. You see what I'm saying? Well, ladies and gentlemen, this was something that was talked about in what we call the Ennead in Egypt. This was known as um, the eight sons and daughters or four sons and four daughters of um, Amun, okay? So when you got, you know, Geb, which was earth god, and Newt, his wife, was the sky goddess, they were talking about cosmic principles. Osiris, you know, is the moon. You see what I'm saying? Like they're talking about cosmic principles. So when you deal with the four elements, you also are dealing with four conditions. You see what I'm saying? So when you're dealing with because these four elements, they create these four conditions. When you create these four conditions, then you can understand the reality. So when we look at something that was cold, which is snow, right, on the physical earth, earth we know is a cold uh, is a cold energy. All right, it's yin, female, it's cold. The 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 snow which was cold started to melt, which turns into water, and as the water starts to evaporate, it becomes moist as it appears to be traveling the steam, the moisture back towards the fire. So this is actually evaporation is one of the most beautiful processes that you can really study because it actually shows you the process of human spirit. So go put a pot of water on, go boil your oodles and noodles, put a pot of water on or some tea, and just really look at the process. You're putting fire to a piece of earth or metal, in this sense, right? The water starts to bubble, and then it releases a gas. And the gas is a vapor, and they call vapor energy chi, the energy that's inside of you, the life force. You understand? So that is the reversing process. So when you understand the process of that, you're actually reversing the process and you get into the realm of the immortals by understanding nature. All right? So anyway, let's keep it moving. So there's only God in this reality. Once you get a firm grip of your emotional demons, when you are ready to step into the intelligent spirit, which is known as Shishin in, in the Tao, intelligent spirit, because this is the thing. You have to make a rational, frontal lobe decision to become emotionally smarter. And the frontal lobe, ladies and gentlemen, which is known as the neocortex, is not, I repeat, is not the same as your limbic brain. See, in the limbic brain, this is also the storehouse of what we said, some automatic functions, such as sleep, hunger, regulation, things like that. Emotions are located in the same region of the brain where the subconscious automatic programs run. 
And this is why it's very hard for you to beat depression. It's very hard to overcome chemical addiction. You understand? So in essence, a per when a person is gossiping and they watching and watching the TV shows and listening to certain things to reinforce their emotional addiction and drama, they don't even really know that they're addicted to it. All right? And that's why it's hard to beat because those things are inside of the intelligent aspect. What we have to do, which is next week's lesson, what we have to do is we have to make a conscious decision to watch certain things. And I'm going to talk about it. So this week's special message is to first monitor your thoughts and conversations. I'll say it again, chop and screw it. This week's special message is to first monitor your thoughts and conversations from now into the rest of your conscious life. Do not, I repeat, do not let one negative thought slip past your conscious awareness. You are the guardian on the bridge. When it comes, call it out to your mind, to yourself, out loud, however. Call it out and tell it, I will not allow you to pass by me unaware, unnoticed. And when you do this, you're now starting to operate in the higher brain frequency and capacity, and before you know it, you will not be engaging in the lower emotions. And as the Habian law states in science, the brain cells that no longer fire together, no longer wire together, so you will break your emotional addictions by not engaging in them. See, the trick of the mind is to make you think that you have to face the emotion and fight it. And the truth is this. All you have to do is not engage it because the moment that you do not engage it is the very moment that it ceases to exist and it dissolves. See, remember, in quantum physics, the power of observation. The power of observation states whatever you have your mind on, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're watching, whatever you're seeing in your mind's eye, it's going to dictate your mood, which is really how you feel. So when you don't observe it, what that problem is, it don't exist in your reality. It can't dictate you. So you're going to be the guardian when that negative fault or that conversation comes and somebody call you like I had my homie call me the other day and was telling me about, you know, some 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 people, you know, who I don't wish to I don't engage with those people. I don't you know, and I don't care to know nothing about what those people were doing. And as he started to say the person's name, I stopped him and I said, Hey bro, I don't conversate about them. It's just something that I don't do. I don't conversate, you know, I don't conversate about them. I wish them well, they do their thing, you know what I mean? But I'm focused on me. You see what I'm saying? Because I'm not, I'm, I don't even want it to come because I'm aware of my own faults. I'm aware of what I want to entertain, and I'm aware of what I don't want to entertain. Not that that's bad. It's not bad. It's just not good for me because I can name so much good that, 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 that those people have done for other people. It's just not good for me. You understand what I'm saying? So you have to become aware of your thoughts. An excellent, 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 excellent thing to get on the website, on the CDs. It's called Psalms of Saturn, produced by Minister Jew in a professional studio. And... Uh, the the theme is I am aware of my karma by being aware of my thoughts. You got really to ponder on that. I am aware of my karma by being aware of my thoughts. 
that's really the mantra for this sphere, all right? So next week, we're going to move into sphere number eight. Sphere number eight is the realm of higher human consciousness. But in this sphere, it's, it's the sphere of human consciousness versus your, what we call your shishin, your intellectual spirit. And you got to understand this, your intellectual spirit also deprives us from connecting to God or the Tao. Yes, on one level, we got to use the intellectual intelligence to come down into the realm of the moon. Well, let's put it this way. We have to use the frontal lobe of our brain, our thinking self, and spirit number eight, to come down a level into the realm of the Olympic brain, the realm of emotions. So we have to use our intellectual mind to become emotionally better. But guess what? When you get stuck in the realm of intellectual intelligence, you know what happens? You can become like those scientists who don't believe in God. And we see this all the time with them. They don't believe in God because they became, they think they became too smart. You understand? There's no God. It's just science. Now, understanding that, 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 me and Jew was just talking about this. Einstein couldn't understand that if you took a, a particle and you split that particle, right? Imagine, imagine a big circular tube, right? And you, if we both got an electron, you got an electron, I got an electron, and we shoot them towards each other, a beam of light, a laser in this tube, right? And these lights crash into each other. Bam! They crash into each other and they split, right? Well, if we take the remnants of what split, the aftermath of the crash, and if I take it no matter how far and I do something to it and change the polarity, the other, the other remnants that you have thousands of miles away, it would change and have the same experience as if it was with, let's just call it, with its homie in over here. So we can call it group A and group B. You see what I'm saying? Or photon A, photon B, whatever we, we want to call it, all right? So it's having the same experience in different locations. This happens called entanglement, okay? It happens all the time with me and you. We, we talk so much about God and the quantum field and the higher frequency things. That's so, why, you know, uh, we have a lot of, cool spiritual phenomenal things happen to us and got pictures to show it, you know, lights showing up in pictures, angels showing up and these mysterious glow and energy fields around other people on the trips and things of that nature. And if, um, you know, if, if, if I get a, you know, whatever, man, if I get something unexpected on my side, it'll pop up in his reality. Yeah. I don't care if it's something simple from, um, um, uh, I missed the UPS man. UPS man today left a note on the door, and then and 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 then when he goes to his door, there's a UPS note on his door somehow, some way. Or I bought me some shoes, and he bought some shoes, and he's like, man, I got me some fresh Air Max. Man, they white, red, and gray. And I'm like, yeah, the Ohio State. They kind of look like the Ohio State. He's like, no, they yeah, they they, they look good. Showed me a picture of them. I showed him a picture like, man, I got them last week. I never said nothing. You know, I got them last week. Or when we at the hotel and he go get dressed. Or, no, we at the hotel and he went out to the mall to go get dressed for the event that Saturday morning. And when he came out into the lobby, we had on the exact same thing. 
because we became entangled in the mental principle of higher frequencies. Well, you become entangled with people who you, you entangle with the person who you talk to the most, and you notice y'all start having the same experiences. You see what I'm saying? So the question becomes, what is the nature of the conversation? What is the nature of the conversation? I'll say it one more time. What is the nature of the conversation? Because that's going to dictate the nature of the things that's going to start manifesting in your life. You understand? So next week, we're going to move into spirit number eight, where we get into the realm of the intelligence, but we're going to have to be very smart in that realm because it's only spirit number eight. It ain't spirit number one. It's number eight. Human consciousness is only number eight in the sphere of consciousness. All right? We, can, we don't want to become the scientist that's too smart that negates some type of intellectual process of what we call God. Can't do that. Okay? So we're going to learn in that sphere that we need to differentiate between the original spirit, what we call Huanshin, the original spirit, the heavenly spirit or the heavenly intelligence versus your human intelligence because in your human intelligence, we, 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 we see things as a duality of right and wrong, okay? And we, we already said, no, no more of that. So this week, the key word is we are aware of our karma by being aware of our thoughts. We are not in the process of right and wrong no more. We're going back to the original aspect and just going to use some very clever things that some people wanted us to understand when they wrote a spiritual scripture called the Bible in the beginning and said when God created everything, God looked at it and said it was good. So, therefore, we're going to start seeing everything and all of our experiences, good lessons. We're going to learn how to find unity in the contradiction. You understand? We're going to understand that we are Job in the book of the Bible. Yep. We're going to understand because Job told his wife, he said, woman, do you not know that the bad comes from God? Would you, I should only accept the good things from him. The bad comes from him too. So, therefore, it is what we will call divine. Okay? It is divine. So, you got some nice terms. You need the Mystic Brain Workbook because challenge yourself to become smarter, to become wiser. You do have to activate your intelligent spirit, but when that becomes activated, you got to keep it in this rightful place and you got to learn how to transmute that energy over into a different essence. And we talk about this in the three, three treasures of the Tao, which really represents the three pillars, all right? So when you have intelligent spirit, you have original spirit, all right? And then there's another aspect that you will have when you're just dealing with the, on the energetic level. You will have what we would call sexual energy. You will have um, eternal energy, which more is like chi. So we got ching, sexual energy, chi, Life essence energy, vapor, shin, which is spirit force. These are three different energies. And then your intelligent energy plays inside of it, so it's like a will within the will within the will. All right? I sent the network an email um, talking about a fraction of time and how you can mirror God's reality because God is so beautiful. Uh, creation is so beautiful. And you celebrate this stuff all the time on birthdays, but you got to really get a little bit more into, in, into it. And just the um, uh, when you look at a year of 365 days, um, 
um, the year could be separated into 52 weeks. Um, and 52 weeks could be divided evenly into seven cycles of 52 days. So 52 times seven is 364, was 365 days in a year. So you can take these 52 weeks and break them up into seven periods of 52 days per period. Then these seven days or these seven periods actually represent the seven days of the week. So then you start to mirror the seven periods within a fraction of the time called the seven days of the week. You understand? So this is called base 10 mathematics, and the ancients definitely used it. Base 10 mathematics says 10 pennies equal a dime, 10 dimes equal a dollar, right? $10 equal $10 bills, and $10 bills equal $10, 10 $10 bills equal 100, and so forth. 100 hundreds equal 1,000, you know what I'm saying? So it's a base 10 system in which you can replicate creation, you see? So instead of looking at the grand cycle, you can mirror something on a minor cycle and God will show up in your reality for you. So instead of you waiting for um, the seventh 52-day cycle of the year, which you can say this is Holy Sabbath, the seventh, right? We can say this is the Sabbath cycle, right? Then we can say, no, 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 you ain't got to wait till the last 52 days of the year you can get a portion of the Shekinah on the Sabbath, the seventh day of the week. You understand what I'm saying? So we can give it to you and cut it down to now. You don't have to wait to then. You can replicate it right now, okay? And this is why the ancients were building certain structures and beautiful, uh, what we call them in masonry, the edifices to, 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 to the supreme deities and cosmic forces because you can mirror that reality in the now, okay? So visit the website, myastrologycoach.com, and like I said, a lot going on. We've got the Full Moon Empowerment Club coming up, so we got a conference call coming up. So go to the membership tab. That's there, like I said earlier, if you're also interested in dealing more with the one-on-one -on -one consultation and more in looking into your future, and then you, I love it when somebody come along. I just love it when you come along and you get it. And you start to say, well, I got this here. Will this mean that? And you start to see it for yourself because, because guess what? I promise you, I promise you, you can get on this radio show right here and create your own platform, and I'll just help you create whatever it is you're trying to create on the spiritual aspect to share with people because we have an audience that's listening. All right? So if you see something that you're interested in, don't be afraid. Use that intelligence spirit and go ahead and do it for yourself. Do it for spirit. All right? Do it for spirit and get it. So you'll see that there. Uh, the Astro Tarot Network is there. Like I said, definitely the Mystic Brain Workbook. And join us on one of these trips. you got to. You have to join us. And um, the summer is coming up. I ain't going to tell you about the fall. The fall is going to be, oh, my God. I took it down because that remix is something else that's going on. But um, it, it's going to be heavily packed on the, inner, on the energetic aspect. And be on the lookout for that course. And, you know, it's two courses that's coming. One is Cosmo Future that's going to release on 11-11. Okay? Cosmo Future is releasing on 11-11. And uh, let me talk a little bit about that because it got Suture in it. And I know you're thinking, oh, that's sexy. It is sexy. Yeah, we're talking about the healing sexual positions. You, you know what I mean? Because you think about it. And then you get all hot and sweaty and your heart starts beating faster and all your organs are strong. Yeah, we talk about that. But but you're not going to get that out the gate. That ain't what it's about. 
Man, for the first seven to eight months, you're going to have to tell me about that human heart that you say you love with. I need to know that you know your heart because you swear to God you love somebody with all your heart. So how does the heart function? I want to know about the brain. Where Where is emotion at? Where is memory at? What's responsible for that? What's the part of the brain that links or bridges your left hemisphere to the right hemisphere so you can become more holistic in your approach? Who does that? You understand? Tell me a little bit about your nervous system. Tell me a little bit about the, you know, tell me about yourself. Tell me about you. I don't want to know nothing about, I never don't want to know nothing. But it's okay to know, well, yeah, I'm a contractor, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years. That's okay, that's okay. But tell me about you. How do you operate? What time do you normally wake up? How do you wake up like that? What part of the brain is responsible for receiving light to wake you up and tell you? What is that that tells you, I'm not tired anymore? Time to wake up and get the day started. Who who says that? Who is that? What is giving you that signal? Tell me about you. That's you. I want to know about your soul, how it operates in this reality, what's giving it life, the functions of it. That's you. So that's what we study in Cosmos Sutra for the first seven to eight months. Then we move into blood types. 